Hello, my name is Jennifer. Welcome to Stories from the Earth. This is this is episode 18. I'm here with my co-host Ellen. Hello. And today we are talking to our friend Jordan Hughes. Uh, Jordan is a licensed massage therapist, artist, intuitive tarot reader, um, and she is, um, and we're also going to talk in depth about self-care. And so we are really excited to have you. So thank you for coming on, Jordan. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah. Jordan's um, business is called Crescent Moon Healing Arts. Um, and all the links will be in the show notes and in the description of this video if you're watching us on YouTube. Jordan, why don't you uh, give us a background on why you even came to do what it is you do, like your inspiration, what drew you into healing arts? Yeah, well, um, I've kind of always been interested since I was a kid. Um, when I was in middle school, I would make kind of bath experiences for my friends. So I'd have them come over and I'd set a bath up for them and I'd have a foot bath and some crock pots with rocks in them. <laughs> my dad was always like, what, why is the crock pot in your room? <laughs> and I was like, I'm oh, just massaging my friends. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was one thing I would do with my friends. And two, um, I think part of it, like part of the way that I got drawn into the healing arts was through, I would say childhood trauma has a lot to do with it. When I was younger, we were in a church of God. So it was like really evangelical. Um, they did the like praying for people and stuff like that. And even though a lot of that experience was super damaging for me because I am I'm gay and I grew up in the South as a gay. Um, it was something that gave me the belief that there was the possibility of hands-on healing and kind of got me interested in energy work from a young age. Um, like it became part of your own self-healing and self-exploration to kind of yeah yeah too like that's part of what got me interested in massage was like the energy work aspect to it because even though i no longer identify with the beliefs that i grew up with that still was something that ended up carrying through just in a different flavor aspect yeah. so, did, um, so did they do um like hands-on um like the i i, I don't know what it's called but there is yeah. laying on, on hands. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There was a lot of that. And I never, when I was at that church, I never really witnessed any results from it. I didn't, um, we didn't really have anyone who seemed to like miraculously get healed. But I guess me being in a, I guess me being in like a child state where it was those formative years, I was like, oh, okay this is totally a thing. And then when I got older, I was like, oh, it is a thing. It's just for me, a different experience, like nothing against them right. or anything. Just for me, it took on a different form. Like a huge part of what led me into 
um, seeking healing practices to heal myself was with that level of trauma and to like growing up gay in the Bible Belt in the South in a very not just a Christian household but a very extremist Christian household where you're kind of taught that being gay is wrong and just um, pretty much like I was repeated continuously it was repeated to me as I was a child that gay people didn't even deserve to live so from a young childhood age I was kind of ingrained with this belief that like I wasn't enough like I would never be good enough and that there was something wrong with me so while that was an extremely damaging experience like young on it did kind of create that need in me to heal myself but eventually as i kept going through the process um i ended up finding out that what i needed to heal wasn't the fact that i was gay or the fact that i was the way that i was it was the actual trauma that i needed to heal from being told that I wasn't good enough. Yeah. So that, yes, yeah, had and, to do a lot of that. And it kind of like, if you, if you have, like if you've been told that and then you, re you come to realize that that's not true and then maybe you come to accept that, like I am actually fine, it helps with the deprogramming, it helps with that pulling away it helps because you're discerning yeah. what is actually something i've just been told or what is actually more closer to something that like is true for me or is is or something that i find is is makes more sense for me in my life yeah. and in the world so yeah for sure and two like it gives you this kind of like they call it the gay awakening in the LGBT community, okay. <laughs> like it's kind of like you like when you realize that and you innately know and like you have, or at least in my experience, there was the process of trying to like pray the gay away and things like that. And it didn't really work, of course, because that's right. not something that happens. Right. Yeah. Um, then you realize and two, like you start to realize like these feelings that I have, they're natural. And when that happens, you're like, oh, well, if this is not true that they've been telling me this, but I have this felt lived experience of something different then what else isn't true. So it mm -hmm. kind of shatters the entire like illusion that things mm -hmm. are black and white because they're just not. Because um, you want a, a quest, a bigger quest. Yeah. One that I never, one that I'm, it definitely wasn't easy, but it's one that I'm glad that I had because I would probably be still stuck in that same level of shame and thinking because in that type of religious extremism, it's, there's always something wrong with you and you're always trying to make up for that regardless yeah. if you're gay or not yeah that's what i was gonna say um yeah and, and i know from from 
um, talking to other people that your experience, you're not alone. A lot of people have had this same experience come from a very, yeah, very religious, very, yeah, yeah, background and been, you know, um, have been gay um, or even trans or whatever, and and they have broken away. Sometimes it's taken them a while. Yeah, uh, like a lot, like like years and years. It's admirable that um, you know the biggest challenge is recognizing there's a problem, right? So like mm-hmm. real that you needed to shift to become more of really are and that that's like that to know and recognize that that's okay but then you took it a step further which is admirable and that okay you were working on yourself but seeing value in the give back of being able to then help other people too is is really nice yeah yeah it um it kind of i think that part of like what made me want to give that to other people was it's just there's something wonderful and powerful about being able to feel yourself change and like two it shows you a path that you didn't know you could take and there's just something nice about being able to share that with other people because Sometimes people don't even realize what is possible for them in the realms of like healing themselves. And it's just really nice to show people the possibilities that there are with the different tools that are out there. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think therapy definitely helped a lot um, with me deprogramming. yeah in those kinds of environments too like be it um you know uh psychological therapy but even like massage and body work acupuncture chiropractic um those more sort of intimate settings and i say intimate as opposed to like the sterility of like a doctor's office you know it gives people a bit more of a a safe space to maybe let let some guards come down that they might not have even realized they had when they walked in, but then they relax into it. And it's like, sometimes the floodgates can open. And then, you know, yeah. Sometimes it even catches people by surprise, but then it's like, they process it and it's like, wow, yeah, I feel better now. <laughs> Didn't know yeah. I had all that in me. Well, too, like, the thing that really got me interested in massage was the first time I received a massage, I was I was stunned. Not only like I was really surprised about how instantly better my muscles felt. Like I had a lot of injuries that doctors had seen me for and even had like traditional therapies for the injuries. They didn't touch the pain at all. And a massage therapist was like, oh, it's actually here instead. And I got a massage and I didn't have the problem anymore that and then being able to actually because with the childhood trauma that i experienced i have what's called cptsd so it's complex post-traumatic stress disorder well massage therapy that first massage that i got was able to put me in my body and make me feel safe in my body 
And that was really nice to feel my nervous system be like, okay, everything's fine. Like, let's, let's relax and take a deep breath. So. Kind of like grounding and being like, oh, here you yeah. are. Well, it, it gave it's like, you a, oh, my body. <laughs> well, it, it gave you a, a, like, a safe, you felt safe. Yeah. And, and instead of trying to, to run. So, yeah, you know, like, or hide or something like that. Like, and. Yeah, it got me into rest and digest state. And I was like, oh, this is nice. You can actually rest. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that that experience was so amazing. I was like, I want to do this for other people. Like I want to be able to give someone a massage and help their muscles feel better. And like people in a lot of ways don't even realize that a massage can do that. So it really, receiving that massage made me an advocate and I was like I definitely want to be able to do this for people in their lives because I feel like it's such a valuable tool to be able to help someone's muscles and their nervous system relax at the same time and I, and I think a lot of people don't realize it but with with massage you know it's not just the physical that you're like getting release from you know like you hold emotional emotions in your muscles and in oh, your yeah. body and i think people don't even even realize it because we put very little emphasis on the body yeah <laughs> uh in our culture and um so that's that's where i found value for me in in massages um you know i have yeah. some physical things going on but mostly it's it's emotional stuff uh manifesting on physical level um, so, you know, um, that's been very, very helpful. It kind of helps to show in a very grounded, direct way how much everything's connected. You know? Yeah, it, it definitely is surprising. Like, I still have clients, like, just, we just mm -hmm. aren't taught that as a culture. And the, the clients are always surprised when that happens. Like if something comes up, they're like, oh, I got really anxious or I had a feeling of like sadness. And it's like, yeah, that, that can actually happen because when you feel an emotion, your muscles, they move and they kind of hold it because they're expecting an action to come from that feeling. Granted, in society in our day and age, there's not actions that come from the feelings. So then the muscles hold on to the feelings and the actions and they kind of get stuck in that, especially if it's a feeling and an action that's continuously like repeated. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, we're taught that our feelings are BS, that they don't mean anything, but they <laughs> yeah. do. They do. In fact, they're they even, I don't know if they're more important, but they, they are, at least as equally important as our thoughts. And a lot of times you'll have the feeling before the thought, um, you know, you'll feel a yeah. certain way. Um, and so they're the, you just really can't discount them. And I think some illness comes from, comes from that, you know, just holding all that in, like you said, it's just, yeah. you know, you gotta, you gotta let it out. <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. And two in massage school, it was just so surprising we part of massage school was getting massages almost every day from our classmates and 
it was very interesting seeing the stuff that would come up for people in class because in massage school, since we're all massage therapists, there's a little bit more space to talk about what comes up emotionally because in a massage practice setting, you have to be really careful to make sure that the client, um, because there is a power differential when you're a massage therapist and someone is a client, sometimes the client can look up to you and you have to be really careful about making sure that you're not therapizing them or like giving them therapy. Um, Legality. Yeah. (laughs) Well, legality. And also there's just some stuff that I I cannot deep dive in with people because they don't have the skills or tools. And so with massage school, it was really interesting because since we were all on the same level of like knowing, um, I guess, knowing about the power differential and stuff, we were able to talk about the stuff that was coming up. So it was interesting to see how it was affecting people. Um, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. We would just, it would be crazy because I noticed when people would work on my neck, I would have anxiety a lot of the times. And it turned out it was kind of connecting to a car wreck that I'd had. And that same anxiety would come up anytime someone would try to work in that area where there was tightness. Your body had held on to that trauma. Yeah. They go really hand in hand as well, because sometimes I may not know about an emotion that was there and I'd experience it in massage. Then I'd be able to take it to my therapist and be like, ah, this is coming up for me. Yeah. 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 And sometimes it's real hard to get to that stuff. It's so far buried somewhere, even, you know, like, um, it's just like uncovering the the layers and stuff like that. And that, yeah, I think your body just holds on to stuff. At least mine does. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, Everyone don't, does. don't do that. Let it go. Let it go. Everyone stuff. We don't need that. We don't need it. And there it comes. <laughs> there it comes. <laughs> uh, um, so... Could you tell us what your um, definition, uh, perspective, and or perspective of uh, sacred self-care, and what is it, and why is it so important? Why is this self-care um, thing important? Well, when I was in massage school, we did a lot. We had a lot of uh, yoga training combined with our with our program to make sure that we had a strong self-care component so that we wouldn't burn out when we were trying to provide care to other people mm-hmm. through massage. Um, and we part, it was, it was yoga on a level that I'd never really done before. Um, Cause I'd always done some YouTube videos on yoga. Um, I would do just, I would find like a Hatha yoga to do or something like that and then just Google it. This was a little bit more in depth. They took us through the energy anatomy and the chakra system. So it was more the esoteric parts of yoga. So through that, um, I kind of got to see 
what, like how powerful it was to combine the energy work aspect with self-care. Um, I got to experience kind of how, because a lot of people, when you talk about chakras and stuff, they'll be like, oh, that's some weird woo stuff. <laughs> and it's like, well, it is, but it's also a really practical system to use in self-care because you are directly using something as symbolism to access the different parts of the self. And then that's a powerful thing because how else are you supposed to engage with that on a level that way? So through our program, I got to see how nice combining the energy work was. Um, and I got to really get steeped in self-care. Um, there's been a lot of like self-care is becoming popular now because yeah. people are actually realizing that we need it as people but because it's before it was like stuff down we're hitting that sort of like cultural uh conundrum point whenever things start to get more popular it's like it's good because more people should know about it but then yeah. you, like we're in that gray area where it's like some stuff starts to muddy the waters almost because it's like something's yeah. tricky and then suddenly self-care means to somebody like you eat that piece of chocolate cake. And it's not that that can't be a legitimate form of self-care for some yeah. people. Like it can't only be that either. Like sometimes people yeah. kind of like the bigger picture, but I feel like what you're speaking about is a little bit more of how the bigger picture, because you're talking about how all these different systems interrelate, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing all the different levels. I feel like, because for me personally, I believe that the person is a physical being, an energetic being, a mental being, like, let's see, so physical, energetic, mental, spiritual, and even like emotional. I feel like all those facets of the self are different layers, like they're definitely connected and interconnect, but I feel like the more levels that you touch when you're doing your self-care, the mm -hmm. more deep that it's able to affect you because you can brush the top of one layer and if the other layer has not been touched, then there's still something down there that is going to make you feel fatigued. And sometimes different situations call for different, um, like kind of like massage therapy and therapy, like they're different mm -hmm parts of the self that are being affected there, but they're very, they're very much both important. Mm, totally. um, yeah. Two, so with, with my yeah. undergoing my massage school program, um, I noticed I would do some things mm -hmm. that were self-care mm -hmm. and for, mo for most people, they may would help them feel better, but with, CPTSD, it takes a little bit more for me to actually like bring myself into a state of calm and self-care. So I would be doing these things and I would notice that after I do it, I'd be like, wow, I was just stressed out the whole time. I didn't enjoy it and I feel exhausted instead of recharged, which self-care is supposed to make you feel like you've been recharged or that your cup has been filled. Um, so I, I just, okay. I, I'm sorry, um, I don't mean to um, 
I'm just gonna um so so I totally understand that because um yeah. when I was working on I have uh, irritable bowel syndrome IBS if, um, mm -hmm. and um when I was first I had like a crisis point where like I literally had to get I mean I went to live with my parents in Texas for like five months and I got pulled out of my life and I really was not functioning and um um, and I, along the path to develop, along the path back to sort of functioning human, um, you know, I, I started doing, you know, I started developing my own self-care like routine and, and, yep. but when I first started, nothing made me feel good. Like yeah. I knew that like running was good for me. So I went and ran like twice a day. But I remember my brother's like, running, you feel good afterwards? I'm like, no, I feel worse. I feel terrible. But yeah. I kept doing it. You know, it was just though that I was so sick. Yeah. Like it took a while for some of these things, like for the yoga, for the sauna, going to the sauna, for the swimming, for the, you know, the, the therapy, the body work, all these things to come together and yeah. start, um, so sometimes it takes some time and I can understand yeah. where you're, where you're coming from with that. And learning to develop patience, you know, with yourself. Be like, I'm yeah. not fast enough. It's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. And right. it's on time. Stay the course. Yeah. It just, it takes, yeah, it takes time. And sometimes it, yeah. you know, some it days too. are better than others. Too, if your if your nervous system is so stressed out about being sick and all of that, it takes a lot of time to be like, "This is okay," and get it into balance and like, kind of like with continuing the self care practices, you like reaffirm to your nervous system over and over that it's okay and that it can relax. Because at first, the nervous system's like. I don't know. Maybe I can't relax, even though you're telling me I can. Like, I don't trust this. But as you continue on, it starts to sink in. Um, one thing, too, that I think helped me a lot was kind of, I wouldn't say developing the concept, because I'm sure, like, it's obviously a concept that already exists. But I guess it's for me, it was labeling it a different way. I took self-care because just self-care in and of itself was never enough for me. Um, I decided to reframe it in my mind as something I call sacred self-care. So through massage school and deprogramming and therapy, I started to experiment more with as I was uh, letting go of the old religious trauma, I started experiencing and experimenting more with ritual practices because I saw how beneficial the yoga and working with the energy body was. And so it was like, huh, this is something like these ritual practices make me feel more in my body and more recharged than I've ever really been able to feel. And it's crazy because it's something that's replicatable. 
because with a lot of self-care practices I'd done before, it was just hit or miss because it it is healing really is this like, like cyclical process. And some days my symptoms would be worse and just a regular self-care thing wouldn't cut it out. Like it wouldn't make me feel safe enough um, mm -hmm. to be able to relax. So as I got more involved in the ritual practices, I was like, oh, there's this thread of, of commonality between each of these things that are helping me relax. Like sometimes it would be dancing to the point of fatigue. Sometimes it would be um, doing those long, cause we would, we were so lucky in my massage program, we would get three hour long yoga classes with this one teacher that was wow. really amazing. Yeah. yeah. It was mind-blowingly oh incredible. And it wasn't like flow yoga the whole time. Right, there was yeah. a lot of like yin and restorative and meditation combined. It was just so dreamy. And I would notice like my brain would get in this state of like, like melting. Like my body would just feel connected to everything and my brain, the level of like intellectual, like fast critical thinking would slow down. And I could feel like my brain opening up into a different type of thinking to where it was more relaxed and peaceful and calm. And it was really like a breath of fresh air. And I noticed, I noticed that that happened when we were doing these things that often combined all of the five senses, set sacred space, and um, pretty much anything that was done long enough to let my brain get into that like lovely, melty, relaxed state. So I was thinking about that and I was like, okay, well, these are self-care, like what's making them different from the other self-care that I'm doing? And then I realized, oh, it's like the sacredness of it. Um, that fine line between people always talk about wanting to establish yeah. a good habit, but rituals infusing more meaning. So it's like taking it a step yeah. beyond trying to get a good habit going. You know, sometimes people end up beating themselves up because they're like, oh, I didn't do that thing today. I told myself I was going to go for a run and I didn't, et cetera. Yeah. Actually spiral into a negative situation, you know, a negative of kind of berating yourself whereas yeah. I think it was like making it more of a ritual experience whatever the things are that you're including in your self-care is gonna um put it set it apart in a way and 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 yeah. make and start to feel like something like the dear friend you haven't seen in a while and you can't <laughs> yeah can't wait to do it you know <laughs> yeah well to like the habits and the like dragging yourself down for not doing it and stuff. That's very much like capitalist patriarchy mindset. That's because a lot of people do approach self-care from that level, which is totally fine. It's probably giving you something. But for me, I've just found that ritual, like it takes it out of that and then makes it more it makes it more about pleasure and like being in the moment. Um, and two, like there's something, so when you, so when you look at the word sacred, like 
pretty much sacred is taking something, making it separate. So when you make something separate, you're like making it for yourself. It makes something instead of being a regular mundane experience, it brings it to being holy. Holy can be a triggering word for some people, but not holy in the biblical, like, like take all the shame away from yourself and like be sad about your sins kind of way, but in a special, I keep wanting to say sacred, but that's what I'm trying to define. It's like a special, almost in be, being in awe kind of experience. Mm-hmm. And when you're in awe, like when you're looking at a sunset or a mountaintop, you're not trying to like be good enough to enjoy that. You just are in the moment looking at it in awe because it's sacred. And to me, like our bodies are like that. Our our beings are like that because think of all the stuff that has happened for you to even get here to begin with. Like you deserve to revere yourself in that certain kind of way because like we've been around for a long time. And if you're still here, like that that's pretty awesome then the background it seems to inspire in your your latest endeavor and i will uh i will say i think it's timely too that you kind of concocted this idea in the middle of the pandemic but you're doing um your ritual bath kits that people can purchase but they're like highly highly curated um can you tell us inspired i mean i guess you sort of have been leading up to explaining what inspired it um, what what they are exactly and why you feel they're helpful for people and so forth? Yeah. Well, for me, um, the the bath kits um, really are about, they're about taking, they're about making your bath practice sacred um, and kind of adding a ritual component to it because I really feel like combining all of the five senses really helps kind of sink you. It sinks you into the present moment, first of all. Second of all, it really helps make something a memorable experience because the more sensory information that's included with a experience that you have, it's more easily translated into your brain to keep and hold as a memory. So it's kind of like, because often with trauma there's a lot of there's a lot of like sensory things that are connected to your memories well with um with this it's kind of the same except it's in a good way i don't know yeah it's like redirecting the sensory experience to start associating it to something positive and can i say i thought your bath kits looked like cool just because of the aesthetic and um, you have a really na- a good knack for that. And I think, you know, a no. lot of people are going to associate baths to being a relaxing and, you know, feel good body thing. But yeah. um, I didn't even realize initially that you were taking that extra step to make sure that each thing that was included was included because of the sensory experience. And that just takes it to a whole other level of uh, intention. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I really feel like, to me, if an experience doesn't touch on the five senses, 
like do anything you can for self-care, but really letting the five senses be engaged in that really helps make it a beautiful experience. So these kits happen once a month. Okay. Um, they're always released on the new moon and they are, the intention behind them is to be used on the full moon of the month. Um, each of the kits are curated to, I guess I would say, like heal on a specific energetic aspect of the self. Um, so the previous ones that we've had, um, I had the one right before winter happened was about grounding down and getting connected to nature and finding restoration in that. So it was about kind of being able to get that relaxing rechargedness from the earth while winter was happening. Um, the one that I did after that was related to kind of being able to sink down in your truth and speak your truth and know what your truth is. Um, and then I did one that was based off of the high priestess card in the tarot. Um, so that one was pretty much about getting connected to your intuition and learning to trust your intuition and listen to it. That one has probably been my favorite so far because it was really pretty. Like the tea was even purple. This month, um, for, for the March full moon, is going to be a cord cutting box. So that's about letting go of old energetic attachments to people or ideas or things so that you can bring new things in. Um, each of the boxes have a complete ritual instruction sheet. So it lets you know how to set that sacred space up. It lets you know how to get your bath set up and it makes it an easy step-by-step -step process. And then it also has some visualizations and kind of self energy work mixed in there to walk you through a ritual to do each of the things that the box is themed around. Um, so yeah, you usually get like a ritual instruction sheet too. There's um, always music included because part of, for me, part of a ritual that feels good is getting into a light trance state because when you do that, your brain kind of opens up you're able to incorporate things a little bit more easily. Whereas if you're in just your red regular mind state, it's more of a, you think more critically about things and you're more likely to judge yourself or not enjoy the experience. Whereas if you're in a gentle light trance state, you're just, you have that, it's kind of a state that you get into after meditation where you have that sense of well-being and connectedness with everything. So there's some music that's always connected to that that has the ability to help you get into that state of mind to make the experience more enjoyable. Do you get music or how does that, is it just like a, a link? How does this? It's a link. I okay. make a little playlist. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Custom playlist. Uh, for the experience. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
I'm like, you better listen to this music. I'm People like, don't have to, but I'm like, please. A tape? A cassette tape? Okay. Like, I don't know. I can't find one. Um, yeah, and then I always include a correspondence card and a chakra info card. So the correspondence card, each of the ingredients in the kit is set up to be energetically and magically corresponded with the theme of the month. So I go through and I look at the correspondences of the herbs, the planetary correspondences, um, and I also choose herbs based on their visual appeal too, because I want it to, to touch on the visual, the smell, the taste, everything. Um, so yeah, you get that information with it. It's so and nice for people to get a chance to, to hear this full explanation too, because it's like, it goes to show that you're not just throwing a bunch of stuff in a box like here. It's like, no, every single piece has a, a point and a purpose that's well thought out. That's awesome. Yeah, I have a cap a Capricorn stellium in my chart, so it's a very is a very Capricorn experience. But like I have a Cancer moon too, so you're going to feel nourished. It's just going to be a structured feeling of nourishment. Um then you always get a crystal in the box. This time around, it's oh, a selenite wand. Selenite, yeah. That's my favorite. <laughs> Plus, these are so good at like getting the knots out of the back of the neck. I'm always I like, a, I have a heart. A uh, heart that's selenite. I just love how like glowy it is. Like, uh, it's just I'm always like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And it's cold. I love how cold it is. Um. And then you always get a bath mix. This so time is around, stone, is the stone in there as kind of like a, a mostly for the touch sense, like the feel of it? Yeah, um, the stone is visual, both visual. Yeah, it's both visual and for the feeling. This time around, it's definitely for the feeling, and also in this kit in particular, um, it's about. So I think when this is released, this kit won't be around anymore because oh. I think this is until the 22nd. But this kit in particular, the selenite wand is used to help like clear the energetic attachments too. So it also has like the mm. esoteric purpose as well. Selenite um, is like, for, um, it doesn't, it's protecting because it doesn't, um, I was getting mixed up with the black tourmaline, but um, it, it doesn't like stuff doesn't stick to it or something. Like, yeah, it it's very. Just, it just doesn't. It's just. It's very shiny. <laughs> like, <too>. like physically, <laughs> but energetically too. Oh yeah, like, stuff just, the bad stuff can bounce off of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just so, feels like yeah, it creates it light. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because so, it's so. It's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um in the future are you gonna um because i know other boxes do this they mm -hmm. offer elements from past boxes so if you missed it um just i don't know if you were ever thinking about mm -hmm. this like putting mm -hmm. some of that stuff sort of up so people could just sort of buy um either the whole past box or like different pieces that they're just they're like oh i really wanted that and i missed it 
Yeah, not not at this moment. Um, I may in the future, but at this moment, I'm really focused on having it be a really specific, almost like surprise. Kind of like a um, yeah, like a surprise, and also like a very limited experience too, because it's. Okay. I feel like these boxes are like fleeting. No, I, yeah. like, I don't know how to explain it. Um, yeah, they're, they're, for, they're very for limited edition for a yeah. specific time, time. and uh, correlated to like with the moon's energy mm -hmm. and all of that. Very woo. Um, no, this is I the smell it, Is there chamomile? I wish I could smell it. Oh, if you put your nose close I enough to the may can smell it <laughs> it's got frankincense in it this time oh, around the little blobbies in there or is it yeah it's like wow a I think it's like a resin frankincense is a resin mm -hmm. yeah from the boz i think it's boswellia or boswellia i don't know how to say it but it's from that tree and it's oh really God. good for banishing and bringing in like a really solar That's kind of amazing. bright energy and it's got um I don't have a bathtub yet. Oh my gosh. Herbs, right? I don't have a bathtub yet, but oh my gosh. They have blow up bathtubs you can put in your shower on the internet. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> on the internet they somewhere. <laughs> they do. Some people use them. I could never live anywhere without a bathtub. It's just it's the best place for me to relax. It's not ideal. It wasn't my well, we that have a bathroom. So good. <laughs> not good for bathing. Uh, not good for, for bathing. Um, yeah. So that, what you oh. just held up is like what you would actually put into the bath? Oh, yes. Yes, this is the bath mix. Um, it's got elderflower in it and some salts and the frankincense and some lemon. It's really good. Yeah, there's always a bath mix included. My intention with the bath mixes is to have them smell really nice, but they use only natural ingredients. I don't use any fragrance oils. Um, and the herbs in the bath mix are magically corresponded to the theme of the month. And I try to use really like different textures because personally I like opening the bath pouch and pouring it in. A lot of people don't like doing it that way because it, the cleanup can be a pain after, but I love having things to feel like texturally while I'm in the bathtub. Um, then you always get a loose incense, which is also magically corresponded to the theme. Pretty much everything in the box is. Um, so yeah, there's that. It really helps bring the specific energy into the space that you need and it connects with the smell and smell is known to be able to trigger memories and feelings. So it's really good to have that in there. Um, there then there's um, always a tea. Oh, go ahead. There's instructions on how to burn that. Um, yes. Okay, because I know a lot, a lot of people are, are not as familiar with the loose as the stick yeah. or the sage or just stuff like that. So it's just. Yeah. In the. Um, in the ritual instruction sheet, it lets people know how to burn it if they want to, or to use it as a steam, because some people oh, with okay. asthma cannot burn things, or if they live in apartments where burning is right. not allowed, or dorms. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I, I have instructions for both the steaming and the burning, so you can right. do whichever works. Then I mean, there's I, always a tea. I was just going to say, no one I knew set off the fire alarm accidentally with sage in a dorm. <laughs> I still do that sometimes. Uh -huh. My roommates are like, what's on fire? I'm like, just me, it's fine. <laughs> As long as it's not 5 a.m. I've learned my lesson about that. Like, maybe not when people are sleeping. Yeah. Never know when that fire alarm's going to go off. Um, then there's tea so that you can taste it. It's usually herbal teas to relax, and they often have herbal components for relaxing. Um, so, yeah, there's a flavor component. And, like, who doesn't want a cozy cup of tea? Sometimes I ice it though, cause hot tea can be too much when you're in a warm bath. It just depends on the tea. Um, the then you always get, I make um, infused ritual oils. These are cold infused over a long period of time. Um, I usually plan the boxes out four months in advance wow. for all of them so that I can infuse. Cause I feel like cold infusing gets a better smell going on and two you can get really all the different aspects of the plant that way um so yeah it depends on the theme of the box this month it's going to be a hyssop um it's going to be hyssop lemon oil because hyssop is known for being good at like clearing banishing protection and stuff like that um and then my favorite Black candles. I mean, there's not black candles in every box, just this box. Um, but they're so cute. They match oh, is there everything. candles in every box? And you just there the is, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they get the candle component, which is really good to create that, like, because you can, of course, have a relaxing bath with regular lights on, but I feel like having that flickering flame going on in the bath just it creates just this really cozy environment. Plus two, it brings like that element of like fire into everything, which for me is like symbolically like relighting your fire. So yeah, it's kind of charging it all up. Yeah, yeah. And it's cute. Candles are just <laughs> so cute. Um, so yeah, they, they are a labor of love for sure. I. I put so much thought and effort and creativity into them and I love it because I just, I want the whole goal with these bath boxes is I want people to know how to create sacred space in their own bathtub. And I want them to be able to have just a beautifully curated experience without having to put in all that work of because like it can be hard for people who are just getting into ritual practices to actually like know what to do because it's very overwhelming the amount of information that's available and two like sometimes you can have rituals that incorporate like deities and stuff like that and sometimes you, when you're first coming into something like that, you don't want you don't want a religious aspect to it. You want it to be more of just a personal practice. Um, 
So I make sure that my kids don't have any um, religious aspect connected to them. It's more just purely um, for the self. What? For yeah, the self. For the self. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just yeah, like you know, people who, you know, they're busy with maybe multiple jobs and kids or juggling school or, you know, just so yeah. much. And they're going to be like, yeah, oh, I wish I could do that. But they're not going to ever yeah. set, set aside the time. And so if you're just like, here it all is, then it's like, yeah, more like, well, yeah, because it can take a lot of time to prepare and think about a ritual and to like look up, looking up energetic correspondences can be something that's lengthy and time into like sourcing all the ingredients and stuff. It can be a pain to put that much level of work into a bath. And that's exactly like, that's part of what got me involved in the bath boxes is I would make these kits for, I would, or not make these kits. I would make baths for myself. And then my friends would be like, oh, I want that, but I just don't have time. So I would make baths for my friends. Um, and I even would make little kits for some of my friends to give them. But I noticed like, I wanted, I wanted to take it further because those were just little, little things. And I wanted to make it an entire experience that someone could have without having to put much time or effort into it. Only the amount of time it takes to create that time for yourself. And that's it. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, yeah. so two questions. One is about sourcing and just wondering, mm -hmm. Like, um, I know that just a question about um, how, how are you sourcing your materials? And the second one is, um, would you think about this idea of maybe like doing some collaborations with some local um, folks in like the future? I know that I, I know I myself, I know like a lot of people make yeah. some of these items, um, but just, um, some, that was just an idea. That, yeah. Um, unless um, you want to keep it all. I mean, which it's fine if you wanted to like sort of keep it all from stuff that you you do. But yeah, yeah. I um I have thought about doing collaborations in the future. It definitely is probably something that I will do. My sourcing, I often get it from um like the Frontier Co-op and all of that kind of your standard um, natural herbal companies that have ethical sourcing yeah. processes because that's really important to me as well. I don't want anything oversourced or anything like that. Plus, I don't want anything that children are having to source. Like with my crystals, I absolutely yeah. have made sure that I am working with um, providers that do not hire children that make sure that their workers are being paid a fair wage and that provide because a lot of times there's um issues with people who are doing the mining and the polishing yeah. of yeah. the crystals there's a lot of lung issues so i've made sure that the people i'm sourcing from are you are providing the protective equipment to their people as well, instead of just leaving them to be. Um, Cause yeah, that was one thing that was very like, uh, yeah, that was one thing that was very concerning for me with including crystals in my box. So I found a provider who 
purely they purely source their things from Madagascar. Um, so there's less there's no there's no chance of children being involved in that process and they make sure of that. Um, yeah, and one thing too I wanted to bring up is the oh yeah, your other the part of your other question. Um, oh, yeah. Currently right now, um, I'm making sure that I do everything because Capricorn stellium and I'm going <laughs> to be a very specific experience. And, and they, they're awesome. I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. I do want to, in the future, make collaborations. Um, I've been thinking as these get bigger and more popular, then I'll be able to bring in more boxes and different types of boxes instead of just doing purely a full moon box. Um, but yeah, in the future, because yeah, I have been looking at different people's product and I'm like, oh, that looks so nice. That'd be nice to include in the box. Yeah, I know makes oils. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in the future. Um, but yeah, another thing that I wanted to bring up about sacred self-care is for me, the experience of self-care was like before I decided to rethink it for myself. For me, self-care was like holding a plate under a thing of water. Like eventually the plate's going to overflow and pretty quickly and it doesn't really hold on to much of the good stuff. Well, for me, when I decided to start making self-care something that is sacred for me or the word of sacred self-care, it, to me, that's making my experience into a bowl. So if you take a bowl and you put a soup bowl and put it under the water, you're going to be able to hold more water in the bowl. Eventually it will start overflowing, but you still get to keep more of that water and nourishment for yourself. So for me, creating that strong container of sacred space that happens when you use all of your five senses and you let yourself get into that meditative state creates that really strong container to be able to hold on to the nourishment that you're trying to create for yourself. So, yeah. 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 I love this. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I, I wanted to circle back to, to self care uh, briefly. Um, because I know, um, and step it back from um, the once a month ritual to possibly touch on the everyday. Because I think yeah. that when people think about self-care and start looking into them, they're like, okay, how do I do it? Like, yeah. like I see all these elements, I see these things, I see people say self-care, self-care, and I'm like, um, what is- okay? Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. A little. It's okay. Sorry about that. What? No. Sorry. If everyone hears a dog, we apologize. <laughs> There's a dog. It's barking. Okay. Um, what were you saying? Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, so, so like, and and the thing also is, it's like, how how do I? What is it? Like everyone's different. So, so not only are we talking about like how 
I think we're telling people like the elements of self-care, but we're not teaching them how to put them together into like a daily practice for everybody. And for me, like I was talking about my IBS, when I first started, you know, on my path to healing, I was developing a self-care routine, which I didn't know I was doing because nobody was really teaching me. I was just sort of, you know, putting all these elements together and they formed the thing that I did every day for my health. Um, So my question is, um, do you have like a daily self-care like routine and, and, and are you, you feel comfortable about telling us sort of what maybe you do so that maybe some of that ideas are a little more concrete. And I can also go into what I do if someone wants like an example about, because everyone's different. So like two different things. That was my question. Yeah. Um, One thing that I try to stay away from in my self-care practice is for me, I found out that what I would do is I would be like, oh, I, I have to have a routine. I have to do this if I don't like, oh my gosh, like nothing's okay. I can't ever keep up with anything. Well, something I learned through therapy is like when I did that, I was setting myself up for failure. Mm -hmm. So I've learned to what it took for me is to create a menu for myself. Okay. So I sat down one day and I journaled and I was like, what are things that really bring me absolute like recharging and pleasure? And I wrote it down based on length of time. So I started out with what I call in a muse bouche, which in culinary speak, that's something like a, a one bite. It's one bite. So something that would take five minutes for me to do that was self-care that would recharge. Then I went into a small plate, which would be something that took 10 to 15 minutes. And then I would do something that was an entree, which would take anywhere from an hour to two Um And I found out when I was able to write the things that I loved doing instead of what I was feeling pressured by society to do in those ways that I could literally just look at it and choose instead of being overwhelmed, that was the beginning steps for me to be able to start a self-care practice. Uh, And then over time, it was able to develop further. So in the beginning... I would have for my amuse bouche or my one bite, five minute type of self care. It would be a Qigong practice on YouTube, drinking a cup of warm tea, and then taking a walk. Or my longer ones would be like, go take a dance class pre COVID time, of course. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately. And then, or like go on a hike, or like for my. Um, small plate, it would be something like a yoga class, like a yin yoga class on YouTube. So that's how my self-care practices started out in the beginning. And now um, pretty much what I do is I think about, oh, what would I like to do that is going to like feel good to me and help me recharge? And then I do that thing, but I add something to it that touches all of the five senses. So if I have a cup of tea for myself now, if that's all I all I have time for, I will light a candle, put a crystal out that's beautiful because that touches on the sight and smell. 
and the tea is taste. Um, and then I'll have like a cozy blanket around me. And I found that 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 really has elevated my self-care practices. Um, some of the longer, like more in-depth things that I do now, um, I will do the the ritual baths. Like I'll do my own ritual baths. Um, and that's really nice. Then some something I do as well is a yin yoga class. But now instead of just doing a yin yoga class that I found on YouTube, I will make sure that I set out a candle, some crystals, maybe like pull some tarot cards for me to have sort of a theme to focus on during the yin yoga class. And then that really like brings it full circle and gets me in the experience. Or if I'm taking a walk, I'll make sure that I'm looking at different plants and thinking about what they are instead of just being in my head the whole time. So it, so it sounds like um, um, you sort of maybe do something different every day, just sort of like um, with whatever time frame you might have. Is that? Yes. Yeah, that's very much during times when I'm super anxious um, or I have a lot of like anxiety and um, kind of some CPTSD symptoms coming up, I get into a more rigid schedule because it really helps me get back into my body. So then I may follow a routine that's more like get up, go on a walk, drink some water, eat some food, do a small yoga practice and some meditation. Um, but then I like more flexibility um, in the days that I'm not having that much of intense anxiety. Cause I feel like that makes it more fun for me because it's, I feel like with routines, I get really bored. So it keeps it novel for me and enjoyable. Cool. Awesome. The menu, that, the menu that creates like the initial sort of flexibility framework, but still a framework. And yeah. Then after you got enough practice with that, you could kind of start to think of those little added touches that elevate the experience. And yeah. Cause I used to just lay down and be like, Oh my God, I don't know what I want to do to relax and right. freak out about yeah. it. <laughs> I, I, I love that. I think that's, relax. That's relax. Great. <laughs> um, Mine's sort of like, uh, it's, I kept adding things on to it and it sort of developed. Yeah. Um, I, um, that's how mine happened. And, um, um, and, and my daily is more rigid, rigid because I, I yeah. need the structure. Um, yes. I, with my ADD and maybe it's the Libra. I don't know. Cause I can be all over the yeah. place. So, and it makes Same. me feel safe. And um, so even though, yeah, it can get boring, I, I stick to the same one and I'm basically like, you know, get up and I do, um, you know, I do, I have a little, little yoga routine and I have, mm -hmm. I do acupressure with some essential oils. And um, I used to go, I, I've had to adjust it due to like, jobs and other circumstances so like i used to go running or or um now i'm just going to try to 
usually now it's like a 30 minute walk because I get a lot of exercise at work. Exercise and yeah. physical activity is like really important for me. So um, and then like, you know, things like acupuncture is once a month and things like therapy might be once a month. And and then like I used to be able to go to the Y and go to the sauna. And that was sort of like oh, an added uh, I can't do it. Um, you know, so like that's when things were like really, really crazy. And I get in the do a little swimming and get in the sauna and it just like, you know, the heat just gets in there and does all that work. And then also I, I saw someone for some body work massage, but um yeah. but yeah, and then I repeat, usually I'll do yoga at night, acupressure at night, and um so like mine just sort of repeats um so I feel like I feel like too when you're able to keep a routine that is rigid it actually helps you have a touch point because you because you like wake up and you immediately are like oh I'm connecting with my body and then it like it really does set you up for success to have a rigid routine if if your brain Mm. is nice if your brain is nice to you about it. <laughs> My brain is overly chatty. So um, yeah. it, it's a, it's a struggle to like say, okay, we're t paying attention to our body now. And you know, yeah. it's like a daily thing. Um, so yeah, it helps me remember to, to do that, to remember to do that, especially when there's like yeah. more going on in my life um, that I really like want to think about or it's just distract me and and um so I, I think that sort of led me to some of my illness a part of my illness was that where like I was yeah. not paying any attention to how I was feeling in my body at all so um no. uh, yeah so I have to learn really a lot how to do that like I just didn't yeah. know how to do it at all this is something that of course, we're not taught. And then I just never, never learned on my own. So that, yeah, that's awesome. challenge of just, uh, actually, taking, Ellen, yes, <laughs> taking that initial step to even just say it's okay to, we're not, not that I didn't ever think it was okay to do something for myself, but it is about creating the time and a little bit of giving yourself the permission because I've, I'm always such a doer. And I inevitably become a doer sort of for other people too. And like, yeah, um, yeah. not intentionally part of my identity, but it makes it harder to kind of unravel a little bit and go back into my own space and be like, no, it's no. okay to just go take a little time to do something for yourself and then actually see it through, you know? And, and it's, and it's strange. Cause it's like, I'm sure I'm not the only one. There's probably plenty of people out there who they're just by nature like that. It's not that anybody is putting the demands on them and asking them to do, do, do. They just kind of yeah. do. And uh, and so you end up, you know, you're responsible for yourself in that sense to be like, okay, you know, like yeah. the pandemic, honestly, to, you know, so glass half full side of the pandemic for me has been, it's more or less forced the time to step back and be like, oh, yeah. spent so much time just sitting outside doing doing nothing, i.e. not doing things that you could quantify as being like productive and I'm checking this off on my list. Yeah. 
taking in the rest of life around me kind of thing. Um, yeah. I found that that has ended up being probably in recent times, my biggest bit of self-care is just like, look at nature. What are they, what is nature doing? Yeah. Nature, nature's doing, but nature just kind of is. Yeah. Time. Just, Humans overthink and overcomplicate. And if we can calm that down, it yeah. opens more things to kind of blossom from there well too i think that the doing the like urge to do that you're talking about i feel like that really comes from our society like our society Definitely. because because like Definitely. we're taught if we're not productive that we don't matter and no so then we freak out if we aren't productive because we it think that that makes us not matter right so it's revolutionary to like not do anything yeah Exactly, and it's it, you're being. You're you're not doing yeah. nothing. You're you're just you're you're sitting in the sun. You're just that is important. That is doing some. This you're still doing something. Something important. Yeah. Just because you're not making money or you know making money for someone else or like I don't know contributing into something. Yeah. I don't know like somebody's idea. Like you are giving to yourself. Um, yeah. And I remember Ellen had posted online, she made a the blanket fort in her living <laughs> yes. room, like we used to do as, as kids. I Five senses right there. And I was just like, this is amazing. I was like, oh, I really, because like half the pandemic so far, I was out of work. Yeah. Um, but like this past six months, I've been like, full-time job first time in like 10 years and it's been like full on yeah. um, so you know I'm like I just oh I just want to be in that flanking fort with the dogs and Ellen and <laughs> I don't know if you had some food you might have like oh, yeah. it just yeah it, it just seems so awesome so um that's another example I feel like of play yeah play Play and pleasure is revolutionary for self-care. Like, like we deserve to experience pleasure and pleasure is productive because it nurtures us as beings. Like play and pleasure is so important. And our society wants us to think otherwise because if we're doing play and pleasure, we're not being productive for someone else. We're being productive for ourselves. And that's no, a big no-no. No, but no. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, yeah, I feel like it's revolutionary instead I, of being a big no-no. I was learning to do that when I was in when I was in Texas and I remember I was we were at my brother's house, we were um babysitting for like I think we spent the night they with my my grand my parents or with my parents we babysit my um nephew. Um, so his parents can like have a day, whatever, a week, a night away. And so we basically had a sleepover and Aww. there were some neighborhood kids that were out like playing street soccer or whatever. And, um, I went out and I like played with them. Like I'm like. <laughs> 40 I was like 40 at the time you know it was like a couple years ago and they're way younger than me but um that was such that was so good for me to do I, yeah. I was like I want 
want to go play. I want to do that. Like a little kid was like, I want to do that. And um, of course, the next the next morning, I ended up having some good digestion, better digestion, which because yeah. it just um, so that that led me, you know, the so play. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't yeah. ever playing. And I remember in college, too, that I was hearing all this stuff, like, take some time for yourself. And I'm like, how do I do that? I don't know how to do that. I literally don't know. So you're like, okay, it's been five minutes. <laughs> you're like, what oh my mean? gosh, that must be enough time for myself. What does that even mean? So it's like, it's like, we have these ideas, but like, it's like, I don't understand. So well, I feel like too, I feel like that's another thing that makes like ritual a good component of self care because it does invite that aspect of play and imagination and like getting connected to, because for me, at least it feels like letting my inner child play pretend and like get really connected to that playfulness and pleasure. So I feel like, I feel like that's another thing too, that's really important about self-care is adding just this sweet component of playfulness and not taking yourself too seriously because if you start getting into that too serious state you start like judging yourself or being like oh my god I'm not productive or I don't like belong in this moment of like peace or da 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 but if there's playfulness like when that comes up you can just giggle at yourself and be like no silly you're having fun right now like it's time to let yourself just be and kind of giggle yeah. at the capitalist mindset that's kind of like coming in to attack. Yeah, because I mean, when you're when your kids play is fine, but somehow when you become an adult, it's bad and that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, um, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, so, um, being that this program is called Stories from the Earth, and knowing yeah. what we know about you, um, I feel like it's it's a relevant tie-in to ask. Um, amongst all this, and you've touched upon it a little bit, so maybe you can go a little more into it. How do you find ways to connect with nature and how do you feel like um, these professional and creative pursuits of yours are grounded in, and inspired within that? Like how do those yeah. things intersect for you? I love nature and trees, my gosh. Like trees are just, they're really my favorite. And I know that sounds weird for me to say, but, no, I, but like they're beautiful and nature is always inspiring me because I see in it, I, I've learned so many lessons from it. I mean, starting out when I was a kid, when I was having my traumatic childhood, because I did experience a lot of abuse um, in my childhood, I lived in the woods. So I would run outside and play in the woods and hang out with the trees. And it just always felt like this gorgeous place for me to be that felt safe and that felt like, cause I guess it was a very big contrast to the rigid environment I had in my home. Cause it was very rigid, very strict. And being out in the woods, I wasn't supposed to be there. I was supposed to be playing in the front yard but I would sneak away and run through the woods and that just like the wildness of the woods and the beautifulness of it always has been inspiring to me. And to like, I think that there's something important to learn from nature. Well, there's a lot of important things to learn from nature <laughs> if we're being honest, 
But one of the biggest things that I've always noticed about nature is the cycles that it takes. And when I was a kid, I would get to see these woods that I grew up in and that I'd run through. My, my dad's house was in one part of the woods and I would have to go through the woods to my grandmother's house. It sounds very like Red Riding Hood. Yes. <laughs> and it totally was. I never saw any wolves though, unfortunately. Did you have your little red cape? Obviously. No, Aww. no. That would have been too witchy for them. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would, I would see these trees go through this continual cycle of transformation. I would watch them. In the winter, they'd be sleepy and dead. I used to see winter before before I went through all my healing practices. I would see winter as this like death, decay, really sad time as a kid, but I would see the trees just kind of be dead. And then in the spring, they would have these beautiful green shoots coming off of them that were like a vibrant green. And like energetically too, the forest would just have this like vibrating, excited feeling to it. And the dirt would be like wetter. And then we would go into summer and I would notice like all these vines would start growing and it felt like a jungle. And I would always, I loved it most in the summer, I think, cause I would feel like I was like exploring through a jungle. Um, and then I would see fall come and I would love like the beautiful golden colors and then winter would come again. So seeing those cycles a lot, uh, as a kid, I would just see them as what they were. But as an adult, I've been able to be like, oh, like cycles are sacred in life. And it's more important to do things in a cyclical nature than a linear one. Because in our society, a lot of things are like, yeah. oh, we've got to go from point A, point B, C, D, E, F continually until like, I mean, there's no until when it comes to our society it just keeps going and kind of being able to realize as someone who has uh cptsd that like that type i mean i think even people who don't have cptsd like that type of linear growth is just not realistic at all basically for corporations our culture and society sort of lacks the winter period we don't have that yeah down regenerative to spring back up it's like go yeah you don't get the full and and people just can't i mean i've i know it in myself like i just cannot go 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 and and because i have a chronic illness yeah i can i can't even fake it like if if i am pushed too far um it i will my body will really, really. Well, chronic get illness has basically become yeah. in the coal mine. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. that a lot of people to finally go, oh, I don't have a choice but to respect the cycle. Yeah, it's right. like these right. are important. I mean, my body was was yelling at me so hard that I had to listen at some point because yeah. I was not listening. And I and I you know and I also think it's part of the culture because you it's hard to. It just that that's the mindset and 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 um yeah a lot of people have these um uh 
a lot of people have IBS because of, I think it's because of our culture. A lot of people have high anxiety yeah. because of our culture. Um, it's just, there are symptoms of what's, what's going on and, and the, you know, like, um, so, well, I mean, my work is so busy, which on one hand it's really good, but like sometimes we're working six days. Yeah. <laughs> and then everyone's like, Oh, we get more money. And I'm like, um, no, this is really yeah. difficult for me to do. Yeah. I need three days off usually instead of the two I get. So it's, yeah. it's like we we don't have these, it's like pe people are, are utilized as machines and we're not that, we're not, yeah. we're an organic machine, but we're not a electronic machine that can just sort of go. Yeah, it's not a culture. I don't feel like it's a culture that's created for humans. Like yeah. humans can't do it. And the, the people who can do it are often not being honest with themselves. So I feel like seeing the cycles that happen in nature early on after it took an injury, it took a serious injury to my chest for me to realize that I can't keep going and going and going and yeah. seeing nature cycles again as an adult, like reminded me like, oh, like, huh. If nature does this and nature gets everything that it needs to get done done, then why, why can't I like, like, you, I mean, if you look, there's human things that have been built everywhere, and yet nature ends up taking them down eventually. And nope. <laughs> nature doesn't do that by not resting. Nature rests when it needs to rest and then goes when it needs to go, and it just does it. Granted, it doesn't have a brain to complicate things, but <laughs> right, but it can teach us a lot. Like, even in the winter, the trees aren't dead. No. It took me a while to learn that they actually in the winter create their sap to be a certain level so that it doesn't freeze. They go into like dormancy in a way that's exactly what they need. And that's so beautiful in and of itself. And yeah, it, it's been nice kind of having that as confirmation to be like, yeah, human you're not supposed to just keep going and going you're supposed to relax and rest and follow cycles and two like it kind of makes it because i don't feel like endeavors are supposed to just continually go like i think that they're supposed to go until you've done the work that you've done and then go to something different especially like i have adhd as well so it's like it's always fun to do something different, but it also gives me kind of something to go off of because there are these cycles and different things and things die and new things come up. And it's kind of taught me to just learn to flow with that versus being like, oh my God, this thing is ending and da 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 da. It's like, yes, I'm still upset about things when they end, but. I allow myself space to be upset, but also know that like something different is coming up because I mean, it's the way that nature is. Nice to yeah. have to critical. I would even say to remember that we're not separate from nature. Like that's the biggest, yeah. like nature's like, um, <sighs> remember it's like, I am you. Yeah. <laughs> you are You're like, I'm you too. Yeah. Too, like in my creative work, I guess 
nature shows up a lot in it, which at first I didn't, I didn't really think much about because I was like, oh, it's nature, it's gorgeous, da 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 da. Of course, I want to like paint and draw about it, but like some people entirely don't paint nature; they paint people or something else like that. So then I realized I just am so inspired and connected to nature. Like I'm so inspired by it that it does show up in my work a lot. And two, um, even if we think that we're just like, when, when you think of a forest, you have all these like backstories that come up in your brain. Like there's been stories we've been told about forests, kind of like we were talking about Little Red Riding Hood earlier. Like, that's just another connection. So I found out like when I was using these nature pieces in my work, it actually is connecting to something much bigger because we have these stories about different parts and facets of nature that we've created as people that just go on and on and on. Like the woods, like what they symbolize or like what trees symbolize. Tapping into some archetypes there. Yeah. Inadvertently, yeah. just by incorporating yeah. nature. Yeah. It just happens. Nature's throwing mm-hmm. itself up on, on a canvas. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I'm trying to um, show everybody. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, hopefully you're seeing that. This is one of Jordan's um, um, beautiful artworks. Um, yeah. This one's uh, my favorite so far. <laughs> yes. Um, let's see if I can. I don't know if it'll. Oh, whoops. Aha! Wrong way. Anyway. Oh, one second. No! Oh, there you're we go. now. Ah. <laughs> How do you work this thing? Um, okay. Yeah, so should I put that back up for a minute? Yeah, we can we can Oops, talk about it. Hold on. Okay, show us yours. I guess. I, okay. Okay. All right. Yes. So, so um. So this is one I, of my recents. Yes, they're awesome. You also have you had stickers as well, holographic uh, stickers. We have some. Yeah, holographic stickers, yay. Which um, they're not currently up on your website, right? Yeah, I've I've let them kind of relax a bit while I've been more focused on my bath boxes. Those will probably end up kind of merging into my, cause I used to have them under a different name. Uh, it was Botanical Moon Arts instead of Crescent Moon Healing Arts. But I think for the sake of focusing in, I'm probably going to eventually move them to my, just my regular stuff because it's easier to take them. I think it's probably easier than having like 50 different Instagrams. I I mean, I agree. Having, I'm keeping up with basically one and a half Instagram. So, um, yeah. And the only reason I found it easier to do the stories for the earth Instagram is because we have a schedule. Like, yeah. Again, structure, you know, and, yeah. and for my, for my seawall herbs, um, which is, uh, I don't know. It's neither here near there yet. It's just sort of, um, that's very up in the air. 
So yeah. Um, so I'm still working on. I don't know. I need yeah. to work on that, but a lot to manage multiple things it's like okay I have a lot going on (laughs) like I forgot about that for a while yeah yeah Yeah, I I really love I I really love using a lot of herbs in my like in my art prints like there's this one that I did I used mugwort oh my gosh because another of my favorite favorites Mm -hmm. I love it I like it fresh like just picking it from the ground and smelling it oh, it doesn't even smell that great i mean I it doesn't it smell as good dried right yeah. no it doesn't it doesn't it smells very Nothing different smells as good as the fresh mm-hmm. but yeah i i um have been using snakes a lot in my work um i was having a lot of awesome. nightmares as i was um deprogramming some of my religious beliefs about snakes so I have come to love them and put them in my work a lot. (laughs) Well, I love everything that you've posted on Facebook. um, And I, I can't now can't wait for them to show back up in your, in some form and your. Maybe um, find a way to like incorporate mini prints into your baskets from the visual end of like, here's an image for you to meditate upon. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I may. I've been, I've been with, this stuff with COVID and I had to go live back at home and kind of re-experience a lot of the trauma that I experienced growing up from a different level. I had, I've been having a lot, like I've been having to work through that a lot. So my creativity as far, my creativity as far as my bath boxes has, has been really up, but my artistic creativity has been kind of at a standstill while all of that is going on. Um, well, it'll just, you know, I mean, sometimes you need a break, uh, sometimes yeah. new stuff, like we were talking about cycles, sometimes new stuff is going to happen. Yeah. So, um, Plus the bath boxes, they do take up a lot of the creative energy. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they're awesome. So. I love them. They smell so good. <laughs> if Jordan, if you don't have anything else to add, I think we're just going to wrap up. I guess one thing that I would like people to take away or, or like just, I guess some parts that I'd like to recap on is like a self-care process is not something that is linear. Like you're not going to be able to like, like jump into something and be like, Oh, this is great. This feels amazing. Because there's often like a lot of stuff like we've been talking about the, I have to be productive or I'm not worth it kind of mindset coming in that you have to work through. So whenever you're starting a self-care practice, just be like very gentle with yourself because that sets you up for success. Like letting yourself figure out what feels good to you because what works for one person may not work for another person. Playing around with, um, having something that's more rigid and having something that's more flexible because you can see what serves your needs better and what makes you feel better. Um, And two, like, I'd really like people to just realize how important it is to see yourself as something that deserves time and space and taking care of yourself. Like, one thing that really helps me see that in myself is thinking about myself as if I'm 
both a small child and both the parent. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that gives me that gives me the ability to mm-hmm. see myself with this level of compassion and understanding and all to where self-care doesn't come some, become another excuse for me to beat myself up or mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. It instead becomes something that I'm nourishing myself with. And if I don't feel nourished by the same thing every day, the same way that I was before, I know that it's cyclical and it's a process and healing is always like a spiral staircase instead of a linear um, journey. So just to be gentle with yourself and take time and kind of like follow the breadcrumbs of what is enjoyable and playful and pleasurable for you. And that is really what's the most important part of self-care. Yes, definitely. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to leave it there. Um, thank you so much, Jordan. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, thanks. Jordan, Jordan um, where all of your links are going to be in the description but um, where can we uh, find you? Um, the most, I think the thing I'm most active on is Instagram, Instagram at this moment. And it's uh, Crescent Moon Healing Arts AVL. Okay, So that's, cool. does it, will they see it pop up or do I need to spell it? No, they'll see it. Um, okay. I have, I have it on the screen. Um, so unless you're listening and it'd be hard to see, but if you're listening, it's going to be, a, a, there's going to be a link below. So to okay. both your website and your Instagram. Um, so yes. Alrighty. Um, and so um, want to subscribe to your boxes, oh, do they yes. the Instagram or to the website? Yeah. So they can, um, it's probably best if they go to my Instagram and click the link in the profile. Uh, because that is where it'll be mostly. Um, and two, you won't, if the box is not released yet, you won't see it in the links. So keep an eye out on the Instagram for that month's release date. Mm-hmm. It usually is released on the new moon. Um, so yeah, yeah, there's a link in the Instagram profile. Awesome. Awesome. And we are stories underscore from underscore the underscore earth on Instagram. Um, we also have stories from the earth on YouTube uh, and stories from the earth on anchor. So you can listen to us on anchor and watch us on YouTube. And we are have a new episode every the second, third and fourth Wednesday of every month. Um, and if you'd like to support us monetarily, uh, <clears throat> just go to anchor and click the support button and you can support us for a dollar, $5 or $10 a month. So that would be, uh, we appreciate support uh, because one day we are going to take this thing on the road after COVID and go traveling and um, that takes some fun. So, um, all right. Well, uh, I hope everyone has a lovely day and we will uh, see you next time. So. Go and uh, do something nice for yourself. That's right. Go do some <laughs> self-care. Do it. <laughs> Pressure. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, if anyone has any questions, you can you can uh, contact us uh, through Instagram or email, anything like that. If anyone wants to be interviewed, please contact us. We also have a Facebook group. I'm leaving that out. Um, so we have a Facebook group as well. So you don't have to be an herbalist. You can just be a regular person wanting to talk about something uh, that is involves stories and the earth. So. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thank you, everybody.